You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Bomber Brothers Podcast with Ryan and Sean Chichester. Swung on and driven to deep left. Toward the line. She is gone. Aaron Judge lined one right down the line. Swung on and lined a right center field. It is a face hit. Grounding third. Scoring kind of from left off. And the Yankees win the ball game with two in the bottom of the ninth. Hit in the air to left center. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It's a grand slam. Oh, a Stantonian home run. Talking all things Yankees baseball. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Bomber Brothers podcast. Sean and Ryan Chichester back to uh, talk some more Yankee baseball brought to you by WFAN and Odyssey. Make sure you rate, review and subscribe. We're here after every Yankee series. We do special bonus episodes. We'll have another coming tomorrow as we have the finale of the captain tonight as we record on a Thursday. And uh, Sean, looking out my window, it's pretty pretty fitting weather. It's been raining all morning. It's been raining losses in, in Yankee land. They fall once again to the Mariners and drop the series after holding a late lead. Uh, the Yankees are now 7-13 and 13 in one-run games since mid-June after being 14-4 and four in those situations earlier in the season. That's courtesy of former friend of the podcast, Katie Sharp. And uh, just, yeah, just another way to illustrate that all these ways the Yankees were finding to uh, win games earlier in the season, it's not happening anymore. And the Yankees are now just finding ways to uh, be more frustrating. Yeah, they um, they're really frustrating. And to me, the fish rots from the head down. And I'm just absolutely sick and tired of watching Aaron Boone manage this team. I can't freaking take it anymore. He's terrible. Uh, why in the the rubber game of the series are we bringing in Abreu in a high leverage spot? If you're going to bring Wandy in anyway, why why don't you bring Wandy on with a runner on first? It makes more sense with his changeup. You turn Santana around there. It, the, the night before the, the the base running fundamentals, and I know we're going to get into that. This team is 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 so fundamentally unsound on the base paths, and this has been a problem going for Boone's entire tenure. And and they made him clear out his entire coaching staff, which I don't know if you remember episode one of the captain where Showalter said, I can never keep my respect if I let them clear out my whole coaching staff. Well, guess what happened? Boone did that. And he's still sitting there. The most unqualified. I don't know how he got this job in, in the in the major leagues. And look, the Yankees aren't performing. This all comes. I said it rots from the head down. It all comes back to Cashman. And this is the first time in my whole life I'm going to say this. I think I'm ready for a change, man. I am so tired of question marks in center field, shortstop, third base, catcher. Like you went into the season with so many question marks. And for the first two and a half months, 
all of those question marks looked like they were going to work out. And now we see we really just have a bunch of volatile performers on the team that can't string together a full season. It happened in 2018. It happened in 2020. This Cashman finds a Matt Carpenter. He finds a Clay Holmes. And then he goes and tries to nickel and dime himself through the rest of the roster with the puppet that he installed, he installed at manager. And I'm so sick of watching it, man. I, this this is ridiculous. Like if Aaron Judge hadn't be, become Aaron Judge, what would what would the last six years have looked like for the Yankees? It would have been horrible. I I I'm just sick of it. And this this week it all came to a head. It was a lack of depth on the roster because you know what? If the if the 2006 Yankees lost a Rod and Sheffield, you st- you still had Matsui, Giambi, Jeter. Uh, you know, Bernie at the time, Posada, you still had all of this, all of this star power, all of these performers. Now you have nothing when you lose Rizzo and Stanton. And I understand that those are two good players, but you should have enough complimentary pieces where you don't go into this absolute tailspin. And on top of it all, you have a manager that's just torpedoing the games that you managed to claw yourself into because the fundamentals are horrible and because the bullpen management has been absolutely atrocious. I'm sick. I I think it's time to think about moving on from Cashman. And I know, and it has been way past the point, time to move on from Boone. Yeah, well, the Albert Abreu decision was infuriating. I mean, he has allowed almost every single inherited runner to score this season when he's when he's on the mound, and then he allows a home run to Carlos Santana and his sub two hundred batting average. I know batting average isn't the most telling stat, but it's the one that popped in my head. And I know Santana hasn't been having the best year, and he serves up a home run to him. And then Boone talks about how the Yankees are thin in the bullpen after thirteen innings of work. Yet you had Peralta warming in the bullpen, who's actually been pretty good lately. He's he's been pretty good as as a Yankee since the uh, the Talkman trade. I, I I couldn't understand why he wasn't brought in instead of Abreu, considering Abreu has just been terrible, especially of late. I mean, his last like seven appearances or something have have been bad, and here it is right here: six of nine inherited runners have scored on Abreu this season. That's also from Katie Sharp. That's more than double the league average and should tell you all you need to know about how reliable Albert Abreu's been. And then we, you know, we have to hear Boone talk about, oh, I still think the bullpen's in a good going to be in a good spot. We have Chapman uh, back on the rise. Holmes looked better. Peralta's been good. And some, uh, you know, Tiki Barber said this on the air on WFAN yesterday, how sometimes there's just sometimes a situation doesn't just call for, you know, overwhelming optimism. You you can inject some realism into the fact that the Yankees aren't playing well and that the Yankees need some kind of jolt, that the Yankees need to maybe make some kind of strategical change when it comes to how the bullpen's been deployed. Because like you said, you know, Boone through the first two and a half months of the season, Boone, Cashman, everybody looked like geniuses. And it's probably a lot easier to look that way when you have Holmes pitching at the level he was, Michael King pitching at the level he was. Uh, you know, Chad Green was still an option out of the uh out of the bullpen. So now where you have to get into a little more, you know, you have to dig a little deeper into making these decisions. It, Cracks are starting to show, and the Yankees have not been nearly as good as they were the first two and a half months of the season. And a lot of those reasons are because of some of the moves that we questioned way back in 
you know, February and March. I mean, Isaiah Kiner Falefa, we we have so to keep talking we have to keep talking about this because he is among the top seven, I believe, in plate appearances for the Yankees this season. So he's getting some of the most playing time of any player. And if you look at if you look at his stats aside from batting average, it's you know, OPS plus WRC plus OPS, they're all right in line or even slightly below what Joey Gallo did for the Yankees in 2022. That's how terrible IKF has been at the plate this season. And you need, you need some offense out of your shortstop. That's an important position. You need some offense out of your outfield. And Aaron Hicks has been terrible pretty much, pretty much all season. You need more offense out of third base. And I know Donaldson showed has showed some good signs here in, in August, but he still, you know, will go back to putting up consecutive offers and he's 36 years old. You you don't really have much confidence that he's going to be able to keep up, you know, 2015 like pace for more than a week or so. So yeah, I mean, starting with IKF, who just has they have to make a change. He's barely above league average defensively, and he's hitting along the lines of Joey Gallo with absolutely no power. Like that, that the fact that they've even stuck with him this long, I think, is is an indictment on on the front office as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's what twenty fourth out of twenty five qualifying shortstops in F four. So out of all qualified shortstops, he's the second worst in the entire league. He has not hit a single home run, not one home run. Everybody goes crazy about his contact stats. And yes, he is in the 99th percentile and whiff percentage. He does not swing and miss. But who cares if you're making contact if the contact is weak every time? He's he's in the 99th percentile and whiff percentage, but he's in the bottom 1% in barrel rate and exit velocity because he's just making soft contact and soft outs. So who cares if he's who cares if he's not striking out? What what value does that bring to the team if you're popping out and hitting weak ground outs instead of striking out? I I don't see any I don't see any difference really. Yeah, I I think you know, you look at I understand what they were going for. I think they executed it horribly, but like you look at a guy like uh take um take Ben Intendi. And I know Ben Intendi hasn't been great so far. Well, he's been, he's been, he's been hitting better that that the series in Seattle was definitely better. Yeah. But you can watch his at bats. If you watch pretty much every game, like we do, you can see the difference between the two of them right away. The difference is IKF doesn't strike out a lot because he will try to make contact on the balls that are not in the strike zone and just hit weak little grounders, like roll over a ball that's an inch outside or, or whatnot. Benintendi has the discipline to get on base and 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 take his balls and take his walks. Whereas IKF is just like, I'm just going to put the bat on the ball and ground out. And that's, that's fine with me. It's, you know, it's, it's not good. Uh, and, you know, you have, you have a problem when that's your starting shortstop, you have, you know, Peraza's tear, tear, tearing it up in triple a and they're not, I understand their batting averages are about the same, but, you have power in Peraza. He's a natural shortstop, whereas the Yankees have, again, tried to fit some guy that doesn't fit the mold here in this position. And and, and here we are. So it, it, it's terrible. And another thing that I don't understand about my, why are we watching Abreu when 
Ron Marnaccio is sitting down there in AAA. He's having a much better year than Abreu. I understand options and all that, but are you really concerned about conserving a player's options when he stinks? Get get Abreu off the roster. It's terrible. It's it's and and then after all of IKF's horrible horrible hitting stats, the the base running man. What the hell? What yeah. the heck the other night? <laughs> yeah, that was um that was probably the worst display of base running I've I've ever seen. I mean, you have you have what was it? You make nine outs with just seven plate appearances. That's insane. I mean, of course, the man Fred man plays a part in that, but you start you start three straight extra innings with a runner on second base, and they all run themselves out of a rally Well, you had, I mean, I, I can't even remember at this point you had Ben Intendi try an early steal and get picked off at second, which, you know, why, why even, why even try that? Then Andujar got, Andujar gets nabbed at second base on a, on a line drive, which I don't know. I mean, it's behind him, and Frazier didn't even have to jump that high to grab it. I don't understand why you're that far off second base. The only one I could probably give some sort of a pass to is Trevino when – or uh, I, I guess maybe IKF, but you know Trevino gets hit, gets nabbed because the pitcher makes a ridiculous behind-the-back catch on, on the ground ball back to him and, and gets in a rundown. But if you're IKF, you have to be certain you can get to second base if, if you're going to try that. And instead, it's a double play. And like you mentioned before, you know, base running was a huge problem for the Yankees last season. It resulted in, you know, a cleaning of the house of the coaching staff outside of Aaron Boone. Phil Nevin was a scapegoat because he had run a lot of runners into outs at the plate by waving them around third. And while that has been cut back, clearly some fundamental base running and situational awareness have not been have not been improved. And you're right. You're right. I mean, it's it's it definitely does call into question. You know, what's the balance between having a, a sound team like you know look right across town at at the Mets and and Buck Showalter who refused to stay with the team after they ordered him to clean out his coaching staff and everyone has praised how fundamentally sound the Mets have been. They were one of the worst infield defenses in all of baseball two years ago, and now they've undergone one of the most drastic improvements, um, according to Sports Info Solutions. So that's you know another piece of evidence that Buck has really turned things around over there. And then we have we have Boone here in the Bronx who you know, we're seeing a lot of the same problems in 2021, and it's not a small sample size. I mean, the Yankees have been in this funk since, you know, over the past almost 45 games. I think they're 21 and 24. So they're kind of back to that mediocrity that we've seen so much of since 2018 when when Boone took over. A, a long stretch of mediocrity somewhat covered up by one stretch of dominant baseball. You know, in 2018, it was in May. When they went on that insane run, what was it, 15 of 16? We had, uh, like you mentioned last week, the strong start in 2020. 2021, there was a 13-game winning streak, almost around this time, actually. And now they're now they're faltering, and it def- I think it calls into question, you know, what kind of job can the Yankees expect Boone to do when things aren't going as well? 
Is is this what we is this what they hear in the clubhouse? What we hear in in the um in press conferences of oh well we're gonna turn it around, we're gonna be okay, we got this guy coming back, that guy coming back. I'm all, I'm all for positivity, but there also needs to be some addressing of what's actually going wrong, especially when it's something as simple as fundamental baseball. It's yeah, it's it's so frustrating because you hear, oh, they had a meeting, you know, after the the sweep. And yeah, on Monday. Re- yeah, Boone just reminded them that they had a championship caliber team. Like, okay, that's great. You can have you you can have all of the talent you want, but if you don't have the the fundamentals and the the just general good baseball sense that the championship teams have had it's it's not going to matter that the 96 yankees beat a team that had a lot more talent than they did the 2000 yankees and 2001 yankees knocked down teams that had more talent than they did because they played good fundamental baseball and this team does not have it and with boone it's always the same it's it's okay it's okay it's okay and meanwhile you're running yourselves into outs you're making lackadaisical plays in the field and look the 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 extra inning game was absolutely the the worst game of the year, in my opinion, from from an offensive standpoint, whether it's the, the base running. I, I went back and I looked at the expected batting averages. The only expected batting average that was really that high that turned into an out was Trevino in the 10th um, hit a lot. But by that time, they had run themselves out of the inning anyway. It wouldn't have made a difference. So it's not like they were they were even hitting well in that game. But I've. I, I I can't take it anymore. They they need to make a change in the dugout, man. Because I this this it's okay, it's okay. You can say, look, I I believe in you guys, but you need to clean this this up right away. Like that that's different than saying, oh, we're good, we're fine. You know what I mean? It's like, no, you're good, but you need to clean this up if we're going to win a championship. And 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 that's you know that's what it is. You don't need to panic, but you need to be assertive in in, in what you want to do. I mean, it's. It's so frustrating. And and look, I understand he protects his players. He has all of the great uh, getting thrown out moments that John Boy transcribes and we all laugh at. But that's all he does. He doesn't know how to manage a bullpen. He doesn't know how to create a good, fundamentally sound team. Sometimes I even question. He, he just has so much talent at portions of his tenure. And then when the talent goes away, you see what happens. And in, in 2019, with the whole next man up thing, they also had the emergence of a lot of players through their player development system that went you know, that had nice years, like, you know, Gio Urshela kind of came out of nowhere. So I, I don't, I don't think there is anything in his tenure that justifies this kind of terrible performance. And, you know, like I said, I think a lot of this comes back to Cashman. He, he this is his puppet. He brought him back after, after four terrible years. I'm all right, not terrible years, but four subpar years considering the team. And now the roster is, is in shambles. We already said IKF, He's second to last out of qualified shortstops. Josh Donaldson is in the bottom half of qualified third baseman. Aaron Hicks is 30 something of qualified outfielders. You have guy, you have three positions where your, your average performance is below league average. Like just to st- forget about guys that you're bringing in off the bench. Like it, it's, it's been terrible. I, I'm, I'm getting really fed up with this and it's, it's this cutesy stuff. Oh, I got, you know, I got Matt Carpenter. So, oh, let's all praise Cashman. Yeah. You got Matt Carpenter, but then you also assembled like a ship with half holes in it. And and now the holes are starting to show. Well, I think it's also about, you know, who, who shoulders bore of the blame because, you know, 
I agree with the frustration about Boone, but he also you, you also can't put this on Boone and then say that 2019 wasn't had didn't have anything to do with how Boone managed the roster and got that team to 103 wins. Like that's that's still impressive. He's obviously capable. And then you have a season like this year where you know Boone is trying to win games and keep up a historic pace when his left side of the infield can't hit and he's not given any alternatives to try to field a better roster. And he has a center fielder, well, who sometimes plays center field, but Hicks in Hicks, who has been terrible all season, who's got four years left on, on a contract from a, a cashman, a cashman move. So it's really, you know, who who deserves more of the blame here? I think they obviously both deserve um a fair, a fair amount of blame. And but I think it's also important to remember that you know for as frustrated as we are with with Boone this is this is who the Yankees are are riding with at least for the for the rest of this season there is no Lou Lamorello like move coming where they suddenly make a a change at the top despite having one of the best records in baseball like that's not that's not going to be happening here. The Yankees never do that in the first place anymore, make any kind of in-season change, let alone when they have when they're tied for the best record in the American League. So I think it's I think the Yankees just need to try to figure out like what this is who we have, this is who we're rolling with. So what what can change? And the options are kind of limited. The trade deadline's come and gone. You can call up Peraza, but I think the Yankees are making it pretty clearly known that they don't think he's ready. Either that or they're just waiting for the 19th when they can call him up and uh, do a little service time manipulating. Mm-hmm. Yep. So maybe that's maybe that's in the cards. We'll find out in what, seven or eight days. So that, that's go- all this organization has become about uh, has has become. It's it's just cut cutting corners and and being competitive enough to get us interested in talking about the playoffs, but not actually having put together a team with the intention of being the best team in baseball. And I understand they were the best team in baseball for a long time this season, but we've talked about, they have some really, some players that really have high highs and, and low lows. And then they have a bunch of question marks. And I think, look, I think, I think they, they split the blame. Boone is not, does not have the best roster right now. But he is also actively working against it in some of his decisions. So the games that this flawed roster have chances to win, he's torpedoing. And then at the same time, Cashman has put this puppet brainless boon in the dugout and this terrible roster together. So I think they're both to blame. Yeah, no, I, I I think there's definitely blame to go around on both sides. I think the Abreu decision is a terrible one, that a nonsensical one. And I also think that Boone has put him put the Yankees in positions to win games and goes to a winning formula. And then you have a, you know, a moment like Clay Holmes suddenly giving up a go ahead hit to Paul DeYoung and his sub 600 OPS. Like sometimes you do make the right move and it just doesn't work out. And that was one of those instances. And yesterday was one of those instances where it seemed like it was a bad move from the start. And then you see Abreu give up a home run and you're as infuriated as you are unsurprised um but you you talked you talked about the uh you know some of the kind of cute moves that cashman and the yankees try to make and then the trade for ikf and donaldson and you know it's 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 an interesting question but 
do you feel like that the Yankees historic start to the season was almost bad for the team? Because, you know, given how the Yankees, you know, go about their business, especially publicly when, when, um, when behind a microphone, you know, now they can kind of almost hide behind that. Well, we've seen what this team can do. So we just need to keep, keep battling. And eventually, you know, that version of the team will, will show itself again, because this does not seem like the time, the type of, um, I don't know, the type of overlords that would say, you know, like this was a little bit of a flash in the pan. Maybe we were getting a little fortunate with some of the performances from some of these guys that may not be as consistent big league producers than we thought they might be. And we, and we need to make a change. So what, you know, was this a little bit of a detriment to, to the, uh, to the season? I think it was a detriment to the organization because the the organization has shown if they have these flashes, 2018, like we said, the great May, the whole season we talked about, oh, we know what we're capable of. 2020, same thing with the hot start. 2021, they come out of the season. Oh, well, we saw what they could do, blah, 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 blah. We're going to run, you know, it's just, it's it's the same nonsense. It's, hey, we gave you a stretch where we looked like we could win a World Series. That's good enough. It's not that they haven't produced a full season and it's the same thing now look they're not as bad as they are right now they're not they're not going to lose five out of six every week right but they're not as good as they were for the first two months either and they can't keep going back on that and saying that that's the team that they have because that's not that's that's the team when they have when they're hot and when you're getting ridiculous starting pitching which was just bound to wear down i think especially we talked about it, you know, over the summer and everything like that. When the ball starts jumping off the bat, when you get fatigue, when you get guys that get in ruts, the starting pitching looked good this series. But now you're you're having issues with with the offense, and you just you you can't expect it to sustain. And again, we're going to be stuck in this mediocrity loop. And the Steinbrenners do not care because they got a bunch of people coming to the ballpark, tuned into the, you know the Yes Network was <laughs> this year. Bless you. Thanks. I missed um, the mute button. That's what that happens. Don't worry about well, it. It's like um, the Yankee offense on Tuesday night. They were missing something, and it's it's just it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's it it's 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 a joke. They went they went from an organization where the goal. And the and and the the actions reflected winning a championship. Now they go, they say their goal is winning a championship, but their actions reflect a team that just want to get you excited enough. So they sell tickets, get you to tune in, get you to talk about the team, and uh, go into the playoffs as not the favorite. And and that's that's what's going to happen this year. They're going to make the playoffs, but they're definitely not going to be the favorite in the American League. They right now, I mean, it's 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 not good. Yeah. Hey, this they also have not really. They also have not really made it a point to hide that. I mean, we we had Bob Clappish on after he wrote Inside the Empire, where he basically laid out. I mean, that book was a Cashman centric book, and he was like, "Hey, this is this is Cashman's mindset that he wants to get. He just wants to do what's necessary to put together a playoff team because he is convinced that the playoffs are a complete crapshoot, and it's just about getting there and and then hoping the you know hoping the chips fall in in your favor." So. So the Yankees do these, you know, seemingly marginal moves and hope to hit home runs on some of them, like a void or, you know, what have you. And then you have the periodic big move, the Stanton trade, the coal contract, so they can fall back on anytime someone asks, like, hey, when are you guys going to go all in or something? Oh, well, we signed Garrett Cole. We signed John Carlos Stanton. Like, you know, just enough to have the ammunition to counter the kind of, 
you know, arguments or criticisms that we're here talking about right now. The the mid 2000 Yankees, the A-Rod, Sheffield, Abreu, Yankees, Giambi. Also worked out perfect for this organization because they can say, well, they didn't win. Exactly. It's it is the worst. It, it is the worst era of Yankee baseball in my lifetime because of what it allowed the organization to do for all of the years after is that. Oh, it doesn't work when we just acquire all of these stars. Th- that team never winning a championship, which they were close. Oh three, oh four, they were oh six. They had they had a better team than than what the, the outcome they they got it. You know, they everybody went cold at the same time. Th- that team has has harmed the organization for now. We're we're going on nearly twenty years because they didn't win a championship, and now the Steinbrenners fall back on that all the time. And it's it, it's it's ridiculous. Well, if, if they are falling back on that, then they're also conveniently ignoring how their last championship team was put together when they splurged for three of the biggest free agents on, on the market and then also added Nick Swisher. So they're also ignoring the fact that the last time they ever won a title was when they went all out and splurged. And then they'll say, oh, well, we tried that again in 2014 and spent a ton of money after we missed the playoffs. It's, yeah, well, you also made one of those moves that was universally agreed to have been a terrible signing in Jacoby Ellsbury as soon as the signing was made. And one of those contracts was Tanaka, who was worth every penny. They just didn't, once again, didn't do uh, didn't do enough around, around the team. And I mean, it's, this is a, these are, these are concerning times as, as a Yankee fan, obviously I get it. They're still, tied for the American league lead. I think there were still some, there there are still some positives to take away. Like you said, Tyone got back on track. Cole looks like himself. Cortez is still looking like he is a great number two option, potentially number three, if Severino comes back healthy for a playoff series. So there are reasons to be hopeful. And then on the other side of that, you have, I mean, we have this hyped crazed baby bombers era that could come to like a complete shut if judge doesn't come back after this season and they'll have, you know, two ALCS appearances to show for it. And, and that's it. Like this accelerated rebuild that Cashman and the Yankees were so celebrated for in in 2016, you think about the cornerstones of that, of those teams and those prospects, you had Gary Sanchez, Looked looked like a bona fide all star for his first two seasons. Completely fell off. You had Greg Bird couldn't stay healthy. You had um, Glaber Glaber Torres after he became part of that group when they with the Chapman trade has completely not completely but he after was having two a, years he fell off. Yeah, fell off badly after two years. Like all of these hyped Yankee prospects, Severino can't can't stay healthy. All of these hyped baby bombers the only one that actually turned into what the yankees hoped he would is judge and he could be on the verge of leaving too without the yankees having won anything i mean this is a this should be the time when the yankees are as motivated to do whatever is possible to to get a world series before you know the next window closes and if judge leaves that would be the next window window closing and you would think that they would do everything they can to have locked up that contract before the season started, but they did not. You know, meanwhile, we're watching the Padres over on the West Coast get Juan Soto and then 
AJ Preller goes on the New York Post podcast and says, yeah, we were in on Otani too, trying to get Otani. Like, damn, give us some of that over, <laughs> over here. Can you imagine envying the San Diego Padres organization? <laughs> here we are. And you know what? You know what? You know what my hell is going to be? When the Mets win the World Series, boy, they sure look, look like they, they sure look the like Mets they look can. really good, man. I, and, and let me clarify, I don't root against the Mets. No, I, they're fun. I mean, the, but the Mets are going to win the World Series. And then as an exclamation point, they're going to sign Judge. And then we're going to all be sitting here <laughs> as Yankee and the, the, the script will be completely flipped. And and that's that's my fear is that, you know, somebody's got uh, one of these owners that actually cares uh, about something other than the organization's history, because that seems like the Steinbrenners over oh, have an organizational wedding. Blah 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 blah. Is going to go scoop Judge up, and the Yankees are going to be mediocre again, like very mediocre at that point. And I, I just, I, I'm sick of it. And I want look. Part of being a Yankee fan is you pay a lot of money to go to the games. Part of being a Yankee fan is they you talk, you know, the Yankee organization talks a big game. Well, the organization needs to back that up with their moves. And right now they're just content to be just like every other team, just like any other organization that isn't going all in and is trying to balance their budget versus winning. The Yankees have enough money to do whatever they want. And I am sick and tired of sitting here while they nickel and dime the nickel and dime the team outside of the couple of big fish that they've reeled in and 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 that that's it and yeah and the manager too they just have a freaking brainless puppet in in the dugout i want an adult in the room that that's that's what i want anyway well i still think that that's a little a little severe considering what what has boone ever done to deserve (laughs) he won 103 games i had as much managerial coaching experience as aaron boone did when he got hired yeah, but he I wouldn't also let him coach my major, niece's little league team. He also was in a major league dugout for 15 years. Great. That's that's that everybody that's has he, to start. Oh, he was working through the game, manager. blah blah blah. Go go coach third base for a couple of years. Be, do something. They even Don Mattingly didn't go straight to being a manager. What experience did Dave Roberts have before he became the Dodgers manager? I don't know. I don't know anything about Dave Roberts other than he broke my heart. <laughs> But whatever, I think, Dave Roberts I also. In, I think it's important to focus on the fact that no matter how frustrated Yankee fans might be with Boone, or how frustrated they might be with IKF, and I'm certainly one of them. Like, what what can the Yankees do to get better now? Because none of those moves are happening. There, there's no trades to be made. There's no there's no managerial changes to be made right now. I, I definitely think calling Boone brainless is is a little. Is a little brainless. far. I mean, winning 103. Do you work for Cashman and, or something? Look, all I'm saying is, in 2019, when the Yankees were on their way to a hundred plus win season, and he was having his savages in the box rant, you were loving it. I like I said, that's the only time he's good is when he's getting ejected. When he's on his way out of the game, that's when he's the best. <laughs> the Yankees were also winning a ton of games at that time. I think that had had something something to do with it as well. Look, I'm not saying I'm not. I'm not defending bringing in Albert Abreu. I think that was terrible. I personally would also like to see a, a different face in, in the dugout just to see what kind of um, what kind of change it might make for the team. But I also realize that, A, that's not going to happen between now and the end of the season, and I still think the Yankees should be trying to win a World Series. And, B, I also think that the Yankees have a lot of other problems outside of Boone that are more glaring. 
the fact like the fact that their entire left side of the infield and their center fielder, three of the most important positions on the field, can hit. I think that's the I think that's the bigger the bigger concern. I mean, I agree there's bigger concerns, but it doesn't mean you just don't don't you ignore the little ones. Like it's just fix everything. No, no, I'm not DFA ignoring Marwin, them. bring up Peraza, shoot a Brayu into the sun and and bring back Ronnie from the Jersey Shore, Marinaccio, and get rid of Boone. Just do it. Who cares? Get get rid of him. Get an adult in the room. I'd rather have them bring back Joe Girardi. Oh, come on. He, uh, he was hey, he was a much better manager than Boone. Much better. And you know what? Gary Sanchez didn't suck when when uh when Joe Girardi was the manager. Joe Girardi was managing when the Yankees had Chad Green, David Robertson, Tommy Canley, Aroldis Chapman, all completely at the top of their games. Did you see what he did with the Phillies bullpen? Could you imagine him trying to navigate this right now too? I guarantee you it would be just as bad. There's more talent in the, this Yankee Ross bullpen than there was in that Philly bullpen. I still, I guarantee you that it would not be much different right now in, in terms of at least bullpen management. You Maybe maybe the fundies would be better. Maybe the base running well, mistakes would be so better. That, that's two things. That, that's two things. We I, just said, I, two said, I said maybe. I also don't know how good that would be for clubhouse chemistry if they brought. I don't back care. A These guys don't deserve to be happy. I deserve to be happy, not them. Mm, that makes sense. I don't know how sensical that is, but I'd, I'd much rather the players be happy. And what does Don Draper say? Well. That's what the money is for. <laughs> I pay you. You win. That's supposed to be the way it works. Well, judge might argue that they're not paying. That's that's fair. Oh, all right. Well, now we've got Brett like Gardner back to be the manager. <laughs> I actually brought, would love what that. If they brought him back as a player manager. I'd buy tickets for the him. rest of the season. I'd uh, go for that. If, if they did that, I'd be pumped. Yeah. I'd, I, I'd get the Gardner jersey on today. It's a little tight on me because I got it back in 2010. <laughs> but, maybe bring Cano back. No. <laughs> no. No. All right, we've got like two and a half minutes left, so we usually do a series preview. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. But the Yankees, uh, they're going to Fenway now, which usually means more than um, it it does right now. But, I mean, let's face it, the Red Sox are an absolute wreck. They're falling off their bikes and breaking their wrists and <laughs> losing, <laughs> losing four in a row. Um, and... I mean, that's something else we didn't even mention. I mean, if anybody outside of the Orioles was playing well right now, we'd, we'd probably be even more worried about the Yankees falling t- out of like the top two spots in the, in the American League. But thankfully, the Blue Jays have been mediocre of late. Same same with Tampa Bay. They both both are five and five in their last ten. Have lost two in a row. You mentioned the Red Sox have been terrible. So I, the Yankees somehow still hold a ten game lead. But but back to. Uh, Back to the series at hand, and regardless of how bad the Red Sox have been, you always know that the games are going to be tough, and they're probably going to take a 1,000 hours. And we get started off right away with one that concerns me because (laughs) you have Eovaldi going up against Domingo Herman, And I am very convinced that Herman is not going to be nearly as lucky as he was in his last start against, against the Cardinals. You know, as bad as the Red Sox have been, they still have some big bats that can do damage, and it doesn't take much to do it against Herman. Um, 
but we've got like a minute left. So, you know, what are you hoping for this series and who wins the belt? I just want to know where the hell Giancarlo Stan is. I just want a, a solid Giancarlo Stan update. He, what, is he in witness protection right now? That That's all I want out of the series. I want to know what's going on with Giancarlo, but I will take uh, I will take Rizzo's back to respond and, and Rizzo to win the belt. And last week I'm giving it to, to Cole, I, I guess, last series. That's all I got. All right. I, uh, I'm i hoping for a series win. I'm going Clay Holmes gets the belt. Locks down a couple of close games, and uh, I think he's showing signs of getting back on track. So I'm going Holmes. Let's go, Yanks. I'll see you later, everybody. We're done? Yeah, we're done. Everybody breathe, and hopefully things are better by the time we talk next week. <laughs>